This is Living Life with Brendan podcast, inspiring people to choose to focus on the positives and live a life with purpose. Welcome back to another episode of Living Life with Brendan podcast. I'm so excited to have my guest here today, Jenny Ford. Jenny, thanks for coming out here today. Yes, so excited to be here. Awesome. Would do you want to introduce yourself? Tell the people a little bit about. I would love to. Um, my name is Jenny Ford. I am a nurse and a nurse practitioner. I work at North Memorial Hospital, um, where I met Brennan, um, and I live in Andover. Two little boys, uh, nine and ten. My husband, uh, all very big hockey fans, so we have that in common. And yeah, perfect. Well, I want to jump into right away, just going back, I think it was 14 years ago um, when I was first injured in the ICU at North Memorial, like you said, still working there. But, you know, getting a chance to really explore our relationship and kind of how we met. And then we can talk a little bit more further into there. But I can talk about my experience. The first thing that I'd like to do is hear from your side. I mean, I was 20 years old. I, you know, didn't know what was going on. I had been helicoptered. And then into North Memorial, um, I had mentioned, you know, from there, I saw my parents a little bit, went through my surgery that night. And then I think from there, you know, you probably saw a patient come through. Um, tell us a little bit about that from your side. Yeah, um, it's crazy. Like you said, 14 years. And when you reached out to do this, it I could still remember so many details from when you were there. So yeah, that was um, kind of the first years I was a nurse in the ICU at North Memorial Level 1 Trauma Center, so that's why you were flown there. Um, I remember getting report on you and immediately just feeling like it was so different than other patients I'd taken care of there. Uh, North Memorial, as people may or may not know, is in North Minneapolis, so get a lot of um, different types of trauma-related injury accidents there. And I felt like until I kind of heard about you coming up to the unit as a patient, I had more been able to kind of remove myself from those accidents or injuries, um, things like gunshot wound victims, maybe high-speed chases, things that could also result in spinal cord injuries. Um, but things where I, like I said, had kind of decided I could probably avoid most of that, but heard you were coming with a diving accident, um, being a Minnesotan my whole life and a cabin goer, that was, you know, something that we all do. And I just had to kind of stop and really take a second to think about what it was going to be like when you got up there and how I was going to take care of you. Yeah, I, again, <clears throat> pretty new for me. Um, I wasn't in the hospital a whole lot as a kid, thankfully. <laughs> but just dealing with care, it's something that, you know, as I was running into time and time, as I was in the hospital within not knowing what's going on with me, it was just so difficult for me. Not only from a stance of I don't know what's going on, but the help around me as well. Um, I know that we're all going to end up probably being in the hospital someday, needing help from nurses um, and doctors. And 
you know, you want to make sure that they are the right people. Um, it's really good help is hard to find. We'll say in all different lines of work, but especially ones that take care of your life. And so immediately for me, having that connection with you, um, you know, you were the first one that actually listened to me, even though I couldn't talk, I couldn't move, I couldn't really do anything. Um, you know, I was blinking my eyes and clicking my mouth to communicate. Um, but being there, not only could I see what was going on, but it almost, you know, the way that you were approaching the situation with my family, um, with everyone around me, um, you know, I had mentioned how difficult it was for me with the people that I had, you know, I had, we, we talked about friends and people that were coming in for me, not being able to talk and being able to speak. I think you'd mentioned, um, you know, having that line of people out there. I wasn't just hallucinating that I had a lot of friends come through. <laughs> so many friends and family, right? I mean, your parents. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that was support. very difficult. And, and as I go, I mean, I'm, I'm laying in there and going through all this and I've got roommates in the ICU. So the first one I think was gunshots. I think someone had been shot 10 times and survived. And then listening to motorcycle accidents. Um, I think I had two or three of those because I was in the ICU for about three and a half weeks. Mm -hmm. So get a lot of roommates in and out of there, but uh, having to hear what's going on with them and listening to everybody be like, oh, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. And I'm just kind of sitting there waiting for someone to be like, yeah, you're going to be okay. But, you know, that day didn't really come where they're going to say you're going to walk out of here. And, um, you know, I appreciated kind of where your stance was. I think coming into it as a nurse with me, you kind of were like, this is what's going to happen. This is how it's going to go. And I, I think that really put me on the right track as far as realistic goals. And I don't know, is that the approach that you wanted to have coming in? Yeah, absolutely. Um, like I said, it was evident that you had the support that you would need. Um, but I feel like for a patient to fully start that journey of recovery, whatever that was going to look like, you needed to fully understand your injury, what it meant, and then make that informed decision moving through how you were going to approach this physically, mentally. Um, yeah, I, I still continue to work with a lot of providers that avoid hard conversations. And I get that, you know, it's, it's for the right purpose. It's not wanting you to have a bad day, right. you know, um, wanting things to be as positive as they could. But I saw that you wanted to know, and I saw that you were able to do this. And I just really wanted to support you in that as much as I could, making sure that you were fully aware. Yeah, no, I think it's just huge because like you said, I think there are intricacies to that, being able to see that I wanted to know and being able to, I mean, that's got to be a tough, tough thing to do, which I fully appreciate it because I remember, and I don't know what is, you know, for someone that comes in with an injury like mine, do you know what that prognosis is from your end? Because I got it from the doctor pretty harshly, which again, I, I think may have helped me, but I, you know, from your side, do you, do you remember what they, what they told me? Yeah. And, you know, with your level of injury, a lot of times people remain on a breathing machine, um, very little movement in any of your extremities. And I knew that that could be 
one of the possibilities for your recovery, but I also knew that there could be more. And yeah, we do have to tell people kind of worst case scenarios. But again, I feel like the approach and the delivery of how you tell them, also incorporating the support I knew that you were going to have, the motivation and the positivity I could tell that you had at that time. Um, I think there's a way to do it. And I will continue to do that as I take care of patients to ensure that they know what's fully going on. You deserve to know. Um, <laughs> I've learned over the years, I a lot of times want to take on my patients' emotions and almost their emotional recovery in it all. And it's it's not helpful for <laughs> obviously the patient or the provider because you have it in you. And I want to be there to support you while you know that truth mm-hmm. and while you're learning about what the future could look like. Um, I authentically need my patients to fully understand and then I can support you. I think that's just fantastic. I love that answer. I think there needs to be more nurses like you out there. I've been saying this since 14 years ago and you know, the relationship that we have is we've only been together for three and a half weeks while I was in the lowest point of probably my life, but making waves of just over 14 years. I know we're Facebook friends and we have coworkers that are friends now, but just having that instilled from day one has made waves for me as I continue to go to hospitals, as I continue to go through. I know that there are good people in there that want to fight for me when I can't fight. And to have people like you, it's such a big thing out there because there will be a time when people can't fight for themselves and to have nurses and doctors and people that will stand up or see that good in you and try and reach for your best is unbelievable. So again, I thank you for that one there. Um, Some of the other moments too that were large in the ICU, uh, I think one of the biggest ones for me, not after just finding out about the severity of my injury was when we did have you put my hand on my head. And for all those that don't know, I was injured. I came in with the C4, C5, just demolished vertebrae. Um, My C1 actually cracked a little bit as well. And that's at the top of my spine. So it's where my head sits in my spine. But C4, C5, and the higher up that your level is, the less you'll be able to move your body Mm -hmm. and more so have a difficult time breathing on its own. Um, so that's just the, the injury itself. And so if you can imagine, I have full feeling, like I'd mentioned before from about my chest up, but I have no feeling throughout. And especially early on, I've gotten some back here and there, Mm -hmm. but, uh, the time that really hit me was Jenny grabbed my arm and she put it on my head and it may seem odd, but I could feel on my head that my hand was hitting my head, but I had zero feeling in my hand about my hair my head and everything. And I remember I lost it that day. I just started bawling my eyes out and realized that there's no sensation within my hands. This will be forever now, most likely how it's going to be on the, on the hand side and, and everything to the lower extremities. And so I remember that day. And again, these are things that I feel like getting out of the way early mm-hmm. and really knowing my starting point and how bad that is really helped me kind of kickstart into what do I need to do to get through this? Because like I said, everybody has really bad days. 
And that's that's normal, right? We wouldn't be human if we didn't have bad days. And so, yeah, when that happened, I just bawled my eyes out for, I think, a day, two days, three days, um, trying to understand what's going to happen. And then, you know, moving on to, well, how do we make this better? Like, how do we get to a point where I need to start looking at what can I do next and what can we do? And so I think we started doing some breathing exercises, um, trying to wean. I was a 20 year old athlete at the time, mm-hmm. pretty fit. Um, I like to think so at least <laughs> in, in, in my stance, but so started doing some breathing exercises, uh, you know, working with you guys on, I think, I don't know if you remember this, but they moved me to, was it like the pink chair or the oh, pink? Oh yeah. Yep. What, what is that again? <laughs> That's a chair where you can literally just slide kind of a cart next to you and then that you slide just right over onto that chair cart and it sits up so you don't need to do we fully help you do the whole movement okay yeah but it does help me sit up absolutely yeah okay yep because i remember going to the pink whatever i just remember that a little bit and that helped me when i was having some of my guests because they like i said they were coming every day yeah um, being able to see them a little bit differently than in my bed um you know there were little progressions here and there that that meant a lot. And I know we've talked about it. I went through the caring bridge for the first time a few years ago, and it was just jam packed from when I first had it. And it was written by my family, my sisters and people, or sister, um, and people along the way that were supporting. And it was pretty funny. I mean, reading through from the outside, they're like, Oh, Brendan had a great day today. He did this, he did this. And as I was reading through, I remember those days being like, this day was awful. Right. And it's just one of those things where from the outside, you never really know what someone's going through on the inside. Um, it's just great to kind of be able to express it. And like I said, just having you as a great nurse and advocate for me, being able to kind of have that intuition to know that I could fight, I could get through, um, it meant the world and even meant so much that as I was leaving, I, I passed all my breathing tests. I mean, the next goal for me was to get off the ventilator. And, you know, we got kicked out of the ICU after three and a half weeks. I don't like you there too long. <laughs> um, but we found Craig Hospital to be a great resort for us. Um, you know, we knew that they were going to be top of the line to get off the ventilator. Um, so thankfully, they flew some people out. We did some testing at ICU um, with you guys. And I passed with flying colors, thankfully. And, you know, as we're getting ready to fly out to Colorado, I remember being like, Jenny, will you come with me to Colorado. You please be my nurse out there. Uh, Jenny stayed. She did not, <laughs> she did not come to Colorado with me. Um, but you know, as, as we go through, I mean, that was such a, such a pivotal moment for me to be at my lowest in life, probably for sure. And could have gone so many different ways. And I think it's just been instrumental the help that you gave me. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll never forget that. And like I said, as I continue, to, to navigate through the hospitals and the, and the life that I have, I'm always looking for like the next Jenny, wherever I go. It's like I said, I think you guys are out there, um, you know, trying to do the best, but it, it just means so much to me. And as I continue to navigate after the ICU, as we're working through, um, you know, you've, you've had such an impact on my life from the three and a half weeks we spent. Like I said, every time I go in, I'm looking through and being like, there's got to be good here. There's got to be good here because it's tough. And there are bad nurses. There's bad doctors. There's bad 
we'll say bad apples in fields, but there are really good ones too. And so that's what I've learned. And you've really helped me keep my eyes open to, to every situation that I'm in. So I do want to thank you for that. And uh, one of the funnier things too is I was talking about having guests on here and I was like, oh, I got to have Jenny. She had such an impact on my life. And I remember reaching out to you and being like, oh man, I wonder if I had any impact on her life at all or if this is just a one-way street. So um, I know you had a great response for me and and just want to hear a little bit uh, about that. Yeah, I when you reached out and especially when I found out that you remembered the hand on your face, I was blown away. I I had never done that with any of my patients that had spinal cord injury. I'd always wondered if they fully understood. And it's something I, I don't know how I even did that with you because like I said, definitely being a newer ICU nurse at that time. Now I've been a nurse for 20 years, then just a couple of years in, um, a lot of times it is easier to just kind of not talk about the hard stuff to try to make you not have a bad day or whatever those things are. But to me, helping you fully understand and motivate you even while you know that is just it it's just the way to take care of people in my opinion so that time of taking care of you that time of putting your hand on your face and seeing you realize what this could mean and still want to know how can i get better what can i do next i mean it's just helped me through my entire career. I was able to take care of people with very similar injuries to you and be in that really hard spot in the difficult conversations, not trying to sugarcoat it, wanting it not to be the case for the patient, right. not wanting you to have to go through what I knew you were going to have to go through, but there was no way I could change that. So what I've always been able to change is a little thing. Um, my attitude, helping you feel just a little more comfortable. Um, but in all of that, I just need to know that patients fully understand what's going on. And that has motivated me through. Um, again, I take a little saying with me. I think it's Mother Teresa and often brought up by our social worker in my office now, but we can't do a lot of great things, but we can always do little things with great love. And that's how I go into my days. I, I love to be a part of someone's life um, and just make it feel a little more comfortable, a little softer, um, a little easier. That's beautiful. <laughs> I love that. That's fantastic because it's really all that we can do here. And feel free to use our story as a success story with anyone that you come across to. I absolutely do. Good, good. Well, let's transition a little bit into you. So I know when we first were starting, it was early on in your career in the ICU world. And you've kind of navigated through times and man, we had COVID and, and just, you know, tell us a little bit more about life as a nurse, kind of the ups and downs. And I'll feel free to ask some questions as I come through. Yeah, COVID. Ugh. Yeah, that really tested, I think, patients' limits and obviously healthcare heroes or whatever they were calling us. Um, so right around, I was actually right before COVID, I had decided I'd worked in the ICU. Mm -hmm. 
probably almost 20 years. I continued to love it. I continued to feel like I could never quite do enough, but like my little things were, you know, making a difference. But I wanted my voice to be louder. I wanted that kind of compassion and making sure patients understood what was going on to take me to the next level. So I decided to go to graduate school and I was about to start my classes and then COVID hit. So it's a whole different experience doing um, graduate school while working in the ICU and navigating, um, raising two little boys and all of those things. But somehow with support, um, like we've talked about kind of throughout all of this and I think a pretty positive attitude or at least just getting through each day. I was able to become a nurse practitioner. So that's what I do now at North. Um, I feel so fortunate. I continue to be able to work in the ICU. I work in palliative care. So mainly palliative care just means to attempt to lessen suffering of anybody. So I do work with end of life and I think that's a scary topic for anybody, but you know, again, we want to get into the ICUs and we just want to be there to help people get through their difficult situations. Right. However, that's going to look for somebody, it's going to be different, but I continue with basic tools I learned from you to help people through all the different illnesses, accidents, um, just hurdles they go through in their life. And I I feel really lucky to have worked with you to continue to work with the population I do. And yeah, uh, somehow I'm still here, still wanting to be a nurse practitioner. And I just feel lucky for, again, the little things that have really made impacts through my life and helped me to do my day-to-day -day work. Great. That's really great to hear. Um, have you had any major success stories from kind of the switching? What, what's life different from the ICU to what you do now? Mm, well, I don't have to work 12-hour shifts or weekends anymore. So uh, yes. <laughs> bonus there. Good for being able to get to all the little boys' hockey games. Yeah. But um, yeah, like I said, you know, nurses are just wonderful bedside. They are advocates and they're doing the hard work. I really wanted to go to school. Um, just so again, I could feel like maybe my voice was just a little bit louder in making sure that patients were heard and understood and supported through whatever they were going to have to go through. Right. And again, I just feel so honored to be a part of your journey and for you to have considered me such a, a positive, a positive role in it. I just course right like i said i'll always be advocating you i tell people about you everywhere i go um getting a chance to move through that and you know i love the fact that now you kind of have said i want to have a bigger voice in what i do i want to be able to help people more do you feel like now that you're in the situation you are you you are able to kind of contribute a little bit more than what you were I think so. It's different. Right. You know, um, <laughs> even as a ICU nurse, I, I don't know, I'm not super confident outside of the hospital, but somehow even as a nurse going up against a surgeon for something I believe in, just 
was in me and it stayed in me. And yeah, I feel like I'm able to have maybe a little bit more of a contribution to conversations, but nice. Yeah. Well, that's the goal, right? Even just a little bit, kind of like what your prayer was saying. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love the mantra that you use by Mother Teresa and being able to kind of move spiritually through your thought process. Is that something that you acquired as being a nurse going through? And, you know, is this something that other nurses that you see kind of with this philosophy or where'd that come about? Yeah. Um, well, I've been very fortunate. I think I honestly haven't learned kind of to live by that mantra until later on in my life. So a lot led up to that. I have been taught by so many great nurses in the past. Um, but I think it really takes time to realize that it isn't a big thing. It isn't. I'm not there to do your surgery. I'm not there to maybe diagnose. I'm there to, again, try to make things just a little more bearable, a little softer. And I think it is something you can do. So if you go into each day with the hope that you can do that, um, it's I kind of see it as even planting a seed. Um, maybe then the first day it's not quite as easy to handle the diagnosis, the information, but each day I can be there as somebody that maybe you'll feel a little more comfortable with um, and hopefully really supported by and that just keeps me going back because I really do believe that we can do the little things that I'm not even going to know are landing on a patient as anything impressionable, but those are the things that maybe later on I hear back from and definitely what keeps me going. Oh, I absolutely love that answer too. And I, I think it's kind of the same way that I view, you know, as I'm dealing with challenges, right? It's like, what can I come by first that I can tackle? Mm -hmm. Like, what are the steps that I need to do to achieve something? Not in a positive stance, but it's the way the mind and the framework works in the same way, right? Um, and kind of with that, you know, as you're in there talking to patients, it always wonders, you know, because I hear a lot of the same, we'll say, terminology from from nurses on, on ones that I've seen coming in and out throughout the years and surgeries. Is there something that you guys are are told to say? Is there something behind the curtain that... <laughs> You know, in a situation, you're being told, hey, patient is this, we need to tell them this. And how much of that is kind of on the fly for you versus more so being told what to tell? Yeah, I, I think, again, with experience, um, I hope I've gotten better. But I think I just, again, you can say less. Um, you're never, as a nurse, expected to talk through the hard stuff and be that emotional support person. Um, I think nurses do better when they are. Um, obviously, that's where I kind of get my practice from. But I think it's hard to even continue to talk to a patient about what's wrong with them if they don't fully understand. So I'm able to be my full authentic self with the patient and feel like I can support them emotionally, physically, fully, if they understand what's going on too. So I am willing to go that extra step to maybe say, this isn't going to be easy. Yeah. Um, 
to maybe talk a little bit more about the reality, um, but that makes me feel closer to the patient and it makes me feel again like I have that purpose to do the little things that mean big things. Oh man, I, I agree fully, but have you ever gotten your hand slapped before for, for <laughs> saying too much or crossing a line? I think there's definitely providers that, um, again, you know, for good reasons, they want their patients to have a good day. They want their patients to be happy and they think maybe not knowing does that. Um, and I am somebody that wants to fully know everything. And oh, I think too. obviously sciences, I, I want to know why and I want to be able to start moving through it, how I can authentically move through it. So that's how I want to provide care. As okay. Well. No, I, and I'm the same way. So that's why I think we agree and we're really mm -hmm. close, but you know, I could see some people being like, Hey, they don't need to know that or, or something else. And I, I think that would just deter from the whole growth and being able to start moving forward. You know, it may be two steps forward, five steps back, mm -hmm. but, um, no, that's, I was always just interested in that. So thank you for providing that. So what's next? Do you have any, any aspirations to move into something else? Or is this kind of where you're happy at and you feel very comfortable with? I, I love what I'm doing right now. I love to, I don't know, I guess people say it's a gift to feel at least comfortable enough to be in hard spots with people, to be in difficult conversations. Um, so I, I don't know, eventually my dream is maybe to open a business where I take care of patients at end of life. And again, just use my kind of motto in doing little things that I think make big differences. Um, I'm really passionate about people living their best life for as long as they feel good in it. So yeah, maybe something someday. Hey, I like that. <laughs> we all got to have goals, right? Yep, absolutely. So that is beautiful. That's fantastic. So let me know if you go forward doing that. I'd be a be an advocate for you, being right. able to speak for you. Yeah. Um, no, that's that's great. And I think one of the biggest things that we have talked about is, gosh, it was three and a half weeks together, just the positive attitudes, just the, the, the same wavelengths. It seems like we were just parallel with the goals that we had. You wanting to help me, me wanting to get better, but not knowing how to kind of achieve that goal and just how it just moves wavelengths yeah. with the positivity. Little acts here and there can contribute to such enormous it's almost like the butterfly effect you know the wings absolutely they flap their wings on one side it's a hurricane on the other honestly it seems like the world could use more positivity and more good because you never really know what it's going to be even a smile or a nice gesture to someone could mean so much and i was just talking with you know a couple friends of mine and even earlier in the podcast about sometimes when i'm at my lowest if i get a text message from someone just saying like hey do you remember when we were in college and we did this or do you remember this? And it's like lights up my smile, like lights up a room. I immediately go into happy, just start. It's like the littlest thing sometimes. So my big advice would be to always reach out to whenever, when those inklings come up, when you're thinking about someone, I'm always one to be like, hey, do you remember this? And I'll send it to them. Whether they get it and respond, I know it always seems to happen. My mom was mentioning this too. It's like, if you ever have a memory with someone about something, it seems to always happen on a day when you're like, I really needed that. Totally. And even if they say that or not, it, it just seems like 
it always fits in such a perfection piece. So the more that we can reach out, the more positive we can be. I'm I'm always going to be an advocate for that. And I feel like you are as well. Yes. Well, thanks. Um, so, I, you know, as we kind of conclude here, just with the positivity and everything that we've gone through, you know, you've gone through COVID, you've gone through job changes, you've been in ICU, you've seen literally the bottom of the barrel here. How do you continue to live life with hope? Well, like I said, now that I have children, I, you know, I want to be a good role model. They sure give me a lot of meaning in my life. But again, I mean, having you reach out, having maybe a patient send a card after, I mean, the smallest things, because I don't go to work for any of that. I understand that patients are usually having the worst days of their lives. Their family probably is too. Um, Again, I just want to make it a little bit better. And I've known throughout the years that at least a couple people think I have, and it's really all I need. (laughs) So, I mean, I... I will just continue to live life like that and um, just be motivated like people like you with your same positivity, your same personality, your goals, and we'll just do it together. Beautiful. I love that. How many patients have reached out to you after handling them? (laughs) It's always the ones you don't think will, you know, the ones that leave and you're like, oh gosh, did I say that one wrong thing or should I have done this differently? And yeah, it's maybe the quiet dad in the room that didn't say anything or the crabby patient. Um, I don't know if it's more patients than I think have or less than, but enough to keep me going. It doesn't take much. Um, I'm there for the patient. I want to make your day better, your hospitalization better. So if I hear even just a genuine thank you. Um, it's enough to keep me going for a while. See, it's the littlest things, people. So I feel the same way about it. And, you know, as I continue to progress, I'm going to keep reaching out to everyone that's been impactful in my life because it does help. And it does help people to reassurance of what they're doing and being able to help in their own life. So, oh man, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much yes. again for joining here today. Continue to progress doing what you're doing. Um, helping out definitely helped me so I can't wait to keep hearing about you it's an honor thank you Brendan thanks again this has been another episode of living life with Brendan with Jenny Ford 